Greetings to you all in the mighty name of Jesus. What a joy to meet with you all and bring God's word uh, this morning. I think you would have caught up with that uh, WhatsApp uh, post which said the enemy shut down the churches and the Lord said I've opened a church in every home and our home has become a meeting place where two or three are gathered. He is there in our midst and no wonder even Paul says that we are the temple of the living God and the spirit of God dwells in us. And today as we look into God's word, uh, we will revis revisit the days post-resurrection. We all know that Jesus was there 40 days after resurrection, appeared to many people and then he went up uh, to that Mount of Olives and then from there he was ascended to heaven. And we are waiting. One of these days the trumpet will sound in the twinkling of an eye. We all will be changed and we will be caught up to meet the Savior in the air. And that is our hope. That is our faith and that is what we believe in. And I pray that as families, as individuals, as children, we will always hold on to the truth of the gospel. And I've titled the, the, the word today uh, as standing firm. I want us to observe uh, the verb that stands out post-resurrection when Jesus meets uh, uh, the people. And I want to bring in uh, primarily three events uh, incidences that Jesus visits post-resurrection and uh, one verb that is highlighted and may that bless us this morning and so there are going to be three illustrations we're going to look into that passage and then we're going to stand firm learn to stand firm during this testing times virus pain loss of lives countries reeling Everybody looking for answers, lament everywhere. We need to stand firm. And this is the word of God. Look at this picture also. I mean, I hope you can spot one man standing there. Uh, waves lashing at this lighthouse. But yet this man is standing firm. And these trying times, these days, let us have the tenacity, the perseverance to stand firm in our faith, immovable, our eyes fixed onto the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us turn uh, the Bible to uh, John chapter 20. All of you, I hope you have your Bibles. Get the Bible out. And I'm going to bring in this character um, in the Bible. And uh, if you can guess her name uh, associated with the resurrection, her name is Mary Magdalene. Mary is a common uh, uh, name of a woman or a girl those days uh, in, in the land of Israel. And the word Mary, the name Mary appears 20 times and uh, more than the names of the disciples. And so this was quite a common name. And Jesus uh, visits this woman. Prior to that, let us take a look at this character called Mary Magdalene. And... Um, Luke chapter 8, by the way, as we come to this uh, chapter, uh, we always, I did have a, a question. Jesus went on to the mountainside and prayed through the night, came down and chose 12 disciples, apostles for his ministry. But how come he did not choose women? But yet you have in Luke chapter 8, women mentioned there. So let us look at, look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town to, uh, and village to another, 
proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and also some women who were cured of evil spirits. And in the list of women, the first name mentioned is Mary Magdalene from whom seven demons came out. It is said that women are good followers. Men had to be prayed about through the night and informed, come, follow. But women followed Jesus. F free will, left everything and came. And look at this woman, Mary from Magdalene, the north of Israel. And she comes, she leaves everything and she follows the Lord, committed to the end. And in whom the Bible says were seven demons. Look at those days, 2,000 years ago, a woman with seven demons. And I just want to bring about this, this quote from uh, Morris Cassie, the author of Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, uh, she uh, surmises, Mary must have suffered severe emotional or psychological trauma to deem as exorcism necessary. She was battered and bruised, injured and in agony from the suffering from demon possession entailed. Mary lost all control and dignity along with everything she knew in her previous life. Beauty and wealth did not spare her from evil that assailed and attacked her from every hour of the day. This is Mary Magdalene. Seven demons inside, tormented, could not live a normal life, could not take on a business, could not, could not start an enterprise, could not, could not pursue her calling. Torment of demons probably a schizophrenic personality. Nobody accepted her. She was branded as, as demon-possessed out in the town of Magdala. Another quote from this book, All the Women of the Bible. Look at that word seven. Seven is a mystic number suggesting completeness, implying that when, an evil, uh, when the evil spirits dominated Mary, the suffering was extremely severe. Who can relieve me from this pain would have been the thought that Mary Magdalene would have been always contemplating until the day she met Jesus. Somehow the seven demons begin to rattle on the inside. Convulse, I don't know. But with the power of God and the finger of God, Jesus delivered. A woman, many tried, I suppose, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, the magicians, the doctors, and what not those days for this one woman to be delivered from her torment. Jesus delivered this woman. And as a gratitude for a lifetime, she said, I'm going to follow him. I want to stress on that point. I'm going to follow him. She left everything. And that's one woman. You, men, you, you have the mention of her in all the four gospels. And since Mary is very, very, very confusing in the Bible, you have, you have seven or eight Marys. And then, then you have Mary's anointing Jesus. Could it be Mary from Magdala? Could it be the Mary of Bethany? Could it be that sinful Mary, promiscuous woman? And, and there, are, there are many stories surrounding, but this woman, forget about her past, but the deliverance that entailed her, she got a grip and a passion to say, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. And every time Jesus would go around to do ministry, there was this one line, he preached the kingdom, he healed the sick and drove the demons. 
preaching healing and demon driving. And I think Mary had that voice within somehow. Let many people who are tormented like me be delivered. And she knew the answer is only Jesus. She stood firm and said, I'm going to go with him till the last. Let's go down the text. Interesting fact about Mary is she's from the northern part. You know that map of Israel is divided into three sections. The, the northern is Galilee, the middle is Samaria, and down is Judea. And now let us race very quickly to post-resurrection story. Now, very quickly, Mary was from Magdala. I hope you can get that, get, get that region at uh, the, the dark pink there, close to the Sea of Galilee, Magdala. She came all the way down to Jerusalem. She pursued the master. The last week of Jesus Christ, she was there pursuing the master, seeking him and telling him, I'm going to follow. And so here we are. She's one of the women. Let us look at her movements during the last week of the master. Let's, let's, let's take a look at these verses here. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them was Mary. But you see, you get her name first mentioned the gospel writers had to say it was Mary Magdalene look at the way she pursued the master some women were watching from a distance among them were Mary Magdalene Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome they were watching from a distance as Jesus was being crucified she didn't desert the disciples deserted but you know she she stood firm Look at the next verse. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. This is after 3 p.m. in uh, that day on Good Friday. Waited till the evening. Joseph of Arimathea goes in, asks for the body. You leave it alone there. The birds are going to come and peck. The vultures are going to come because Jesus died. The thieves are there. They bring the body down. All the 11 disciples scattered, deserted. This woman stands. My master, she stands. She's waiting. She sees. I know her home is very far off. It's going to take days to travel and go to Magdala. But she's in Jerusalem that day. Waiting, watching. Probably it's night now. She traces her step and watches all the stations where she has moved, the body is taken, and she sees where the body is laid. She stood there. Look at the next verse. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite to the tomb. <laughs> sitting there. Will he come back? Will anybody steal the body? What about our master? The desperation, the savior, my deliverer. I was delivered from seven demons. The one who changed my life, nobody cared for me. I went through that torture, but Jesus waited at the tomb. Will he come out? What about anointing his body? It's too late in the night. Look at the pursuit of Mary Magdalene. In other words, there, the woman who came with Jesus from Galilee, northern part, it takes days those days. 
The woman who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph of Arimathea and saw the tomb and how his body saw the tomb, saw the tomb, put it in memory, saw the tomb. No wonder this pursuit was honored by Jesus, that he appears to her first. What a, what a God we have. Now, telling this background about Mary Magdalene, let me just go into the text here in John chapter 20. I'm picking up from verse 11, but let me tell you the context. The woman go with spices to anoint Jesus. They see that the tomb, the stone is rolled away. And immediately they run and tell the disciples, the stone is rolled away. And the disciples come in. Two, Peter and John, they rush in. They see that, that there's no body. And you know what they did? They went back. I mean, the master is gone. What to do? I know who is, if some, someone has taken the body, I know what is the situation. The two of them ran away. But you know what, Mary? Look at that. Stood outside the tomb. Stood outside. Sometimes we miss the master because we didn't have the strength to stay on, to persevere. We miss the flow. And right when there is, when the master wants to flow in us, when there is that spillover point, we lose it. Despondent, depressed. The Lord is using these days, these lockdown days, to remind us of some precious promises. It's when we walk through the valley, even of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. The comfort of the Lord is experienced when you walk through these moments of dryness. In fact, the Lord would take his people right through the wilderness to show the supernatural. 40 years in the wilderness, 14,600 days, God knew how to take care of his people. That's when they experienced the intimacy, the nearness and the dearness of God. Right when everything was still and dark, locked down there, Mary has a revelation. She says, I'm going to stand. Look at the gift. Look at the way God blesses this hungry heart. Now Mary was outside of the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over into the tomb. Aha. Uh -huh. Others just saw the stone rolled away, looked at here and went away. But she said, no, I want to pursue. The pursuit of God is always honored. Never give up on Jesus. Never give up on his word. Never give up on the promise of God. Look at Mary. She said, I'm going to pursue him. And then she saw angels. Nobody saw the angels. She saw the angels. Peter and John were there. They could have got a glimpse of the angels. The supernatural. But this woman said, I'm going to wait. And she was gifted with a supernatural visitation. A word of encouragement from the angels. Why are you crying, woman? And you know what she says? They have taken my law. Wow. What a passion. What a relationship she shared. She didn't say they've taken the Lord. She didn't say they've taken the disciples, Lord. She didn't generalize it, but she personalized it. They've taken my Lord. He's the one who delivered me. For all that he has done for you and for me. 
What have we done to him? Are we following him as much as to say, my Lord, he's not a God hiding in the Himalayas. He's not a God transcendent. He's alive right now in these lockdown days working in our lives. Is he your Lord? Look at the way Mary said, I want to see my Lord. These days I've never even gone back home. I left and I've been waiting to see my Lord. They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this she turned and saw Jesus standing. That's my message for the day. Jesus standing. Right after resurrection, those 40 days, and especially in the text, and here in John chapter 20, there's this one a verb that stands out. You know what's that verb? Jesus standing. Standing firm. He doesn't go to confront Caiaphas or Annas or Pilate or Herod. He's not busy trying to make a video and say, look, I'm, I'm risen. I won the match. He's not about, you know, parading a big party and, and trumpeting up his triumph and this and that. No, he's not running helter-skelter. Now you look at this verb, he stands firm. And first he stands firm for a woman who's crying. For a woman who's crying. She says, I want my master. Where is my master? I've come early in the morning. I want to seek him more than, more than the disciples could get up. She, she got up probably an hour or two early. No, I've been thinking about the master. For those who wake up early to seek him. Early in the morning, I, Psalm chapter 5, I lay my hands in expectation that God would hear me. There is an answer. There is an answer. Jesus stands for Mary. Standing. And then look at the passage there. Woman, why are you crying? Whom are you looking for? Thinking that he was a gardener? Sir, have you carried him away? Please tell me. And look at the compassion of Jesus over those who are crying. Who bends down and stands there and waits. And at last he utters that word, Mary. The tone, the manner in which he says it, Mary. Everything hurt in her comes back to life. Mary, and she says, Rabboni, what is the response of a servant towards the Lord? How do you respond when you see the Lord? First thing is that you want to, you want to clasp his feet. You want to bow down and worship. That's the response of Mary Magdalene. For all that she, he has done to her, she wants to bow down and he says, hold on, I'm going to go to my father, your father. Look at how he personalizes the statement. Jesus stands with those who Christ. Jesus stands with those who seek. No matter you see death around, no matter the days have been so despondent, no matter how much people have said so many stories, he may come, he may not come. Roman press is trying to print something. The Pharisees are trying to tell something. The temple news is different, but Jesus stood there. Jesus stands for us. Whenever this word crying comes, I'm always reminded of Hagar, sent away because of a, the mistress. 
taking Ishmael alone in the wilderness, crying. The bag of water is out, thirsty and dying, the baby is about to die, she cries. And the Bible says in Genesis 21, the Lord heard the boy cry, the Lord heard, the Lord heard some faint voice of a baby, the Lord heard the cry and came in response. The Lord stood and stopped for the cry of a baby. When blind Bartimaeus was crying, Jesus stopped, stood there for a man who cried. 400 years of slavery, three and a half million people crying to the Lord. In that harsh slavery, the Lord says in Exodus 3, 7 and 8, I heard them crying and I've come down. And he stands before Moses. We have a God who stands when we go through tears. Seek him. When you seek him, you find him. That's the story of Mary Magdalene. And I'm so blessed by this verse from Genesis, uh, Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and you will find me. That seeking heart of Mary Magdalene. Let's be blessed with that heart. Maybe you have a heart that pursues the master like this. When we seek him, you find him. Yes, the story of death is there. Yes, right now the story of virus, the, the statistics, the charts, governments trying to do so many things. Yes, there is the reality of people burying their loved ones, the news is that we hear. But I want to tell you in the midst of all this, these are the days to seek him and those who seek him will find him and he comes standing stood there let me move to the next uh, point for the for the day I just want to pass through this this passage in in John chapter 20 that's the passage that we are meditating and then in verse uh, 19 they are behind closed doors locked down those are locked these are the days of lockdown and right there when they are Crippled with fear, unable to move anywhere. This is what happens. The evening, the, on the first day, that's just that same day evening, on the day of resurrection. The disciples were there together. The doors were locked for the fear of Jewish leaders. What's going to happen to us? Master is gone. Three years, thousand days, we did ministry. We went around. They know our movements north to south and that's this side to Tyre and Sidon and this side to Decapolis I mean our names are, are there probably will be framed for all the charges he blasphemed they say and then they brought some criminal charges against him I think next we are we we are on the list we are on the hit list probably that place was the hot spot and all eyes are on there and so they're closed fearful Jesus appears he doesn't come like a macho. He doesn't come trying to tell them you feeble ones and whack them. Look at how gently Jesus appears to them. Jesus came and stood among them. <laughs> he stood among them. He stood. I'm standing with you. You don't have to fear. Stood with them. Gave them a blessing of shalom. And then said... As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. That was the day of affirming the commission. 
I chose you. My story is not over. It's not a full stop. They crucified me, but I kept telling you, catch my word, remember my word. We are go I'm going to come back to life. There is a calling on your life. I'm standing with you so that we will finish the Father's work. As the Father has sent me and I finish my task, it is finished. Now it's your turn to take the baton and pursue the calling. I'm sending you. It's not over. The doors are going to be open. You're going to move. You're behind the closers. I'm standing with you and I'm sending you. Look at that. I'm standing with you and I'm sending you. It's not over with you. Whoever is listening to the word, you think it's over? No, it's not over. Just because you're closed down, locked down, just because you hear a lot of news, there is fear, apprehension. What about economics? What about money? What about health? What about finances? What about family? What about future? I want to tell you, he's there standing and he's there sending us. There is a calling on your life. Just because you're locked down these couple of months doesn't mean that the ministry is over. Doesn't mean the plan of God is foiled. He is God. He's not man. The psalmist said, know that he is God. He's not a formula. He's not a code. He's not a machine. He's much more. He's God. Heaven and earth bow down to him. Learn to walk with him. He's our God. Amen. And then he said, there is the promised Holy Spirit. As a token, he breathed on them and said, the Spirit of God is going to come. I'm going to ascend. And I talked to the Father as he promised he's going to send. There's much more to come. You are locked down, but there's a future for you. I'm standing with you to affirm that. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. This is in passing. Let's come to the next story that we have. I hope you can identify this picture. All the children in the house, take a good look at this picture. After resurrection, one week later, mind you, probably one week later is today, last Sunday was, was Easter. And this Sunday, one week later, Thomas, Thomas, and this, this, in this picture you can find Thomas trying to take a good look into the side. Jesus said, come, 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 put your hand into the side. Ah, let's go to the text here. One of the disciples, now Thomas, was not with the leaven. Oh, now there were only 10 now. So on the day of resurrection, that evening, there were only 10. Thomas was not there. I know the Bible does not say where he was. Probably he missed the meeting. Probably he came late. Probably he had some, some busy work. And this is Thomas for you. And then he goes on to say, no, 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 no. So the other disciples says, we have seen the Lord. You know, we've seen his nail pierced hand. We saw his side. My goodness, we saw him. And I don't know what kind of graphic descriptions they gave about him. And he said, unless I see the nail marks uh -huh, in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Very difficult. I will not believe. This is Thomas. Very experiential, empirical, practical man. Unless I see, I will not simply take your statements. I want to see. And look at this Thomas. I'm going to come back to this, to this slide. Uh, but but this, is, this is the Thomas that we have. John chapter 11. Lazarus is dead four days late. And suddenly Jesus is following the father's timing. And uh, he says after that he said. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to our friend Lazarus. And uh, wake him up. 
he's asleep. Four days late, body is thinking in the tomb. And Jesus says, uh, disciples say, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll, he'll get better. And then Jesus had a unique way of speaking, spiritual. And then the disciples were interpreting in the natural. Now let's come to verse, uh, uh, which is that, verse 16 straight. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, all this is no use. I cannot doubt this, whether Jesus is going to really wake him up. These waking, dying, what's the news that we're listening? If at all we're going to go, this is what is going to happen. And this is it. Let us all go that we may die with him. No point. Let's go die with him. I, don't, I doubt this resurrection is going to happen. She, he was always had this a little, little wavery person. Mind you, he's Jesus. How long does it take to evict Thomas out and say, you're doubting, you don't believe the ministry, I don't need you. Give a green slip, red slip, pink slip, put him on the bench and say, you're fired. Huh. He's not like that. We have a God who sympathizes with our weakness, a high priest. One of the weak men, I would say, is this man, Thomas. Now let us look at another passage that we have here in John chapter 14. Jesus is making a big claim. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house there are many rooms. You know that passage. There are many mansions. And Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and take you to be with me. And Jesus is so excited to tell about the way to the father. And that's right there you have an interruption from from Thomas. And what does Thomas say? Lord, we don't know where you're going. You're making big claims. So sure, now, how can we know the way? You simply say, Father, 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 we don't know where the Father is. And now, we don't know the way to the Father. We have not seen you. We looked at your home in Capernaum. In Capernaum, you had a small house. We remember Peter and John trying to say, coming to your house, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man does not have a place to lay his head. And you're trying to make a claim. Jesus, come on, tell us. And that's when Jesus comes up. And he makes a big declaration. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is Thomas for you. Doubting the way to the Father. Trying to say, is the miracle going to happen? Jesus sympathizes with our weakness. We have a high priest. And we, he is touched by our feelings. A smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. A bruised reed, he will not break. He wants to build you. And then look at, look at the passage that, I, that, that we went in. John chapter 20 again. 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas now was with them. For one week, Thomas was struggling with unbelief. Is he the master I followed? Is he the one who can keep the, the word? Is he the one whose preachings can be trusted? After one week, look at Jesus here again. Though the doors were locked, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Though it is locked down, though there's a virus, Though there is smell of death, though we have all these things. Remember in the year when Uzziah died, Isaiah chapter 6, I saw the Lord. Look at the time God wanted to give revelation to the prophet Isaiah. It's in the midst of death. 
It's in the midst of a lockdown. Thomas gets a revelation. Doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them. Stood. That's that one verb that comes third time in John chapter 20. Jesus stood. He stands firm. Nobody can shake him. Now there are no Romans. Now there are no men. Power. There's no muzzle power. There's no money power. There's no one can fabricate a plan to remove him. He's the Lord of the universe, the true King of the Jews, King of Kings and Lord. He came and stood among them and he says, Peace with you. Straight he goes to Thomas in verse 27. Thomas, put your finger here. 11 are standing. He comes for one. Wow. He, he stands for one at the two, Mary Magdalene. Now he comes for one who's struggling with unbelief and doubt. Thomas, come here. Can you see my nail pierced hand? It's me. Put your finger. Put, come, come, put your finger. Put, put your hand to my side. And then he said this. Stop doubting and believe. He took time. He took time post-resurrection. He waited for 40 days and one week he took time to come back again to the disciples just to bless Thomas with the revelation. Stop doubting Thomas. I've got a great plan for you. Stop doubting Thomas. Don't go back. You're a twin. Didymus means a twin. We don't know who, which twin was that. You see, twin one was chosen, other was left out. And the chosen one was Thomas. I don't know whether he chose me. I don't know whether, whether this is going to happen to me. I don't know whether he's really, really the savior. I don't know whether you all are trying to give a good report. I've not seen him. But yet, he realizes the weakness. And he comes and stands and says, Thomas, stop doubting and believe. And that's where, in other words, we all are included. Verse 28. This is what Thomas says. My God. My Lord. My Lord. My Lord. I doubted you so much. My personalize it. My Lord. You had so much compassion on me. My Lord. I will serve you. My Lord. My God. I resign everything for you. My Lord. My God. Look at the way he worships Jesus there post-resurrection. How many times the Lord has come to you when you were in doubt, when you couldn't go with him, before him, moments of failure, unfaithfulness, he stands with you. Right now you have so many questions. The world has questions. And I want to tell, Jesus stands with us and weeps. He knows what he's doing on the planet. We have so many doubts. Is it, is it evil? Is it some, something that came from somebody? All the conspiracy theories of why the world is this way. But I want to tell you in the name of Jesus. He stands with you. He stands with us. He stands with the nations of the world. He is the Lord of the nations. He is the hope of every nation. He stands with us. Even to those who are doubting. Unbelieving. He's there. And Jesus gave a blessing. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believed. Believe upon him. That's where faith grows. That's where you can stand firm. 
Oh, by the way, as we pass through, I'm reminded about the same Thomas. The same Thomas was the one who came to our land. AD 52, and then he died AD 72. And look at, look at the way he, he went to close to Egypt, a place called Alexandria, took the sea route there, the Red Sea route, and came down first to the region of Kerala, the kingdom of Gundaforas, and then goes the other side, dies in Mailapur, the present day Chennai. This is the same doubting Thomas who had one revelation and said, I'm going to stop doubting and I'm going to believe him and lay my life down for him. He stands with you so much that P Thomas said, I'm going to stand for him. Stand firm. Stop doubting. Stand firm these days. He's got a calling on your life. He's not finished with you. You might have been locked down. Put a lot of locks on your life. That will not happen. This will not happen. This health problem, that finance problem, my age is gone. I don't know whether dreams are going to come. The words of prophecy did come. A pastor would have laid hand on you and prayed. But I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, though the doors were locked, he came and stood. And he stood with Thomas to the very end. And Thomas died as a martyr for him. Stand firm these days. It's not over. Stand firm. The Lord is with us. In closing, John chapter 21, Jesus appears to a band of disciples and now they have decided that they're going to go back fishing. Thousand days with Jesus, it's too much. I wonder all what he told to us Will it ever come to pass? And I want to focus our attention on this disciple, Peter. Peter says, you know, I left this three years. I left fishing. I left business. I left the boat. I left the net. Yes, he did promise to me I will be a fisher of men. I didn't understand his vocabulary. By the way, the word fisher of men is not there in any dictionary. Not in any encyclopedia. Jesus just, just kind of word fisher of men. And he prophesied over me and said, follow me, I will make you fisher of men. And I've been there three years with him. I never knew what is this fisher of men. We traveled with him, we, we did this, we did that. And suddenly he kept on telling, I'm going to die. And then he died. And I think all the dreams that Peter had were shattered. And sometimes when you're hard pressed, listen to this very carefully. Sometimes when you're hard pressed, locked down, when days like this happen, when you have those words of God, yes, God promised to you something in 2018 and 2019. Right now, the first quarter of 2020, you think it seems that all is over. And when you are hard pressed in this manner, there's a tendency for a human soul to go back to old ways which have worked. To roll back to days which were convenient. And to backslide to days which were so flowery for you, which God had called out. Called you out from. So Peter says, I'm going to go back. Go back. Go back fishing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to go back fishing. By the way, that is the place the master pulled him out from. Fishing in the sea. Sea, that which is volatile, 
flimsy pulls you down the lord brings you out and now you are peter the rock firm he said upon this rock you peter i'm going to build my church the gates of hell will not prevail against it he's shaking now he's going back going back i don't know whether i'm going to survive in the ministry i've denied him three times i couldn't stand firm before a slave girl now i think it's it's better we get back get some fish live a simple life sell it get back to our markets get on to contacts and strategy and take some money put it here and there what is this all this ministry right when they go there through the night they don't catch anything look at the passage now john chapter 21 verse 3 simon peter told them i mean they also said to simon peter we all go with you so they went out got into the boat but that night they got nothing i tried jesus not much he's dead now we say he's kind of rose again and things like that i don't know whether all that he had planned for us suddenly he says he's going away i know what's going to happen to us they got nothing they got nothing i know who it is here who's listening to me i don't know if you're ever wondering whether this jesus thing will work or not corona has come virus has come covid 19 what's going to happen should i go back to the old ways go back to the place where it used to be three years ago i trusted in this jesus too much is it going to work and look at jesus there for the fourth time post-resurrection in john 20 21 early in the morning jesus stood on the shore he doesn't come with a whip he doesn't come to peter yelling at him and trying to refresh his memory of the times he denied him no Jesus stood on the shore but the disciples did not realize him I mean he doesn't get upset for that and he called out friends do you have any fish and then he told them throw on the other side he supernaturally visits them stands with Peter when even he's backsliding getting back into the sea this flimsy Peter, this Peter who's shaking right now, going back to his shaky ways. The Lord stands with his man, with his, one of his favorite disciples. And he asked this question, Peter, I'm asking you just one thing before I commission you. Do you love me? In fact, he was asking these questions to erase his torment of denial. Peter, do you love me? Peter, my vision, my dream for you is not over. You thought it was over and you were getting back to your old ways. Peter, no. I prayed for you that your faith will not fail you. Peter, now I'm standing with you. He comes for one man there. 
Although there are a bunch of disciples, but you have a detailed conversation of one to one in John chapter 21. He stands with a woman who's crying. He stands with disciples when they're locked down. He stands with the one Thomas who was doubting. Now he stands with one Peter who wants to go back. He stands with us these days and he's encouraging us to stand firm. Seek him. He stands with us. And this is the question three times he asked. Do you love me more than all these things? More than the miracle? More than the fish, the boat, the 153, 153 big size fishes? Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? He, he's overwhelmed and says, Lord, you know. You know I love you. And then the Lord tells in verse 29, Peter, follow me. Follow me. Matthew chapter 4, the calling of Peter is this, follow me. I will make you, I will make you. I know your destiny where you will be after three years. I will make you. Fisher of men, I will make you. Follow me, Peter. It's not over. Yes, I rose again. I'm going to be with you for 40 days. It's not over. It's not over. I want to tell everybody it's not over. It's not over when there is COVID. It's not over when we are seeing all these kind of, it's not over. He picks up Peter there and he says, stand firm, Peter. My plan for you is permanent. My plan for you is eternal. My plan for you, there is a hope for you. It's not over. Follow me and I will still make you fisher of men. Jesus came and restores. Jesus comes there and revives Peter. Jesus comes there and says, my destiny for you is still there intact. Nothing, nobody can shake me, Peter. That was one of the days of revival for Peter. What a rewarding experience for Peter. And then just look at as we close. Six weeks later, Peter's is in the upper room with 120. Right there, the Bible says, Peter stood like a rock. Stood like a rock. Acts chapter 1, Peter stood among the believers. A few days earlier, he couldn't even stand before a slave girl stuttering and stammering and say, I don't even know him and denied the master thrice. And now he's standing firm. Chapter 2, right after the Pentecost, he stood up with the leaven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. That day, he went out like a fisher of men. Like a fisher of men. 3,000 people came. And they, were, they came in as fish come into the net. He stood firm and addressed the crowd. Stood firm and spoke the word. Stood firm and challenged the nation of Israel. Stood firm and gave an address. You men of Israel, you killed him. But the author, you killed the author of life. But God rose, raised him from the dead. That's the Peter that we have. What is that one blessing? That Jesus left behind before ascension. He stood 
with his people. We are his people. God stands with us. We got to stand firm for him. It is during these days when our faith is tried. Yes, we are unable to meet together. Yes, we are unable to meet for fellowship. Yes, there are still restrictions. It is just like the early church, the first 300 years of church history. They went through these days. It is these days, it is during these days, we must learn to stand firm. Just like Jesus stood firm for his people, it's our time to stand firm. He's always there with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. In closing, I want to quote this verse. This is the verse that came to my memory when my mother passed away. We all were there at the church. Her body was laid in. And I was asked to speak a few words. And this verse came into my memory. And I'm closing with these words. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes. Let the word sink in your spirits right now. For all your tears, he stands beside you. For all the doubts, the fears, and the unbelief, he stands beside you. For the moments of backsliding, for the moments you thought it was all over, he stands beside you to pull you out. Now, it's our turn to stand firm for him.